Hello and welcome to the Empire Rolls podcast. My name is Paul Mann and I'll be uh, hosting the show today. It was a bit of a massacre yesterday at Bramall Lane. Uh, we kind of rolled over a 4-0 defeat and it was all over after, I'd say, 41 seconds. Because that was exactly the moment Sheffield United was celebrating their first goal. To help me describe uh, this uh, not an enjoyable afternoon, I'd say, if you're a Reading fan, is uh, Matt Lansley. Hi, Matt. Hello. And I've also been joined by uh, Neil Rees, mostly Bobbins. Hi, how are you, Neil? Oh, good, thank you. Uh, cool, cool. It's, uh, first of all, uh, Neil, what did you make of the lineup going into that match? Because we made a couple of changes, didn't we? Taking yeah. out Swift, bringing in Kelly was one of them. Uh, do you think that one worked or do you think it was slightly backfired? Uh, didn't work. Um, I can see the idea behind it, possibly, in that. Um, you kind of argue that Kelly's a little bit stronger than Kelly, but that's a bit like sort of comparing a bit of paper with a bit of cardboard, really. Um, <laughs> and, and you might think that, that Swift's rested for a more important game where he can technically be a bit more um, convincing at home than away. Um, but it, yeah, as you say, it, it fell apart so quickly. Um, but if if you look at that that midfield lineup, which whichever one you you, you kind of want to look at, either the starting or, or ending, um, it's just so thin. There's there's no muscle to it at all. It, technically, it, it's it's superb. It's it's you know what a lot of teams in this division would kind of look at and go hey technically they, they can they can do stuff they can ping the ball about and they great things but you've got to have that screen in front of the defense and there's just nothing there um it's, it's just amazing how much we've relied on Renamota really um to be that engine room even if he's not you know as physical as some other players we've had in the past in, in a defensive midfield role he's still got enough presence about him and positional sense to um, to do to fulfil that role really, but there was none of that yesterday, and nor could there be really. So I can't really say that you know Gomez is really at fault for that that selection. There wasn't really much to select unless you're going to start you know shoveling around defenders to do defensive roles in midfield, which is not really something we've done. Nor could you think who the obvious person would be for that. No, I saw a lot of people putting out um, random uh, ideas for putting defenders, including Blackett in midfield, which I yeah, I don't think I ever want to see that. Putting Yadam in midfield. But Matt, what do you think is the solution to our midfield issues at the moment? Because it's it's so hard to work out how we can solve them. Pray that Renamoita comes out comes back quickly. <laughs> that's it. That is basically that's, that's it. All, yeah. That's all we can hope for. Or is Atalai, but he seems to be out he seems to have been out for an eternity and no sign of coming back anytime soon. So I, like, I think that it's it's the one disappointing thing, I think, because I think when Bakuna went, I wasn't overly, I wasn't overly sad because I thought we could cope with it because I thought, you know, we've got, we've got Rinomota, we've got Azatlai, he might come back, but then you take, it just takes one injury and it's thrown everything down the pan and you look back at it and you think, actually, that might not, even if it was for three, four million, like, you know, it's it's quite frustrating, really, because you look at all of our other midfielders and, like, it's, they're just 
unbelievably weak. They're technically gifted, yes, but it's not a midfield that's going to hold hold up to much much force really. Now, and it, it was proven yesterday. I mean, they just Sheffield just cut through us like 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 a knife through butter. It was it was it was it was just it was pretty bad to watch. To be fair, but yeah, I mean, forty seconds in. And you look at that first goal, Miazza, I think, overcommits. Mm. Who's tracking Duffy? Yeah. Who's tracking Freeman for the goal? It's just mistakes all over the pitch. Mm. But the main difference, forget all the, you know, who's tracking who, who's marking who, there just wasn't any energy in the team at all. And mm. Sheffield United got ahead by that goal and the second goal, just by pure energy, just by actually running off the ball and showing some desire. We just... People say that effort is about application running around, but mentally we just look flat. And we've seen this so many times with Reading performances, just flat from the beginning. I mean, what did you think of that first goal, Matt? Um, well, I just I just think it was, especially after the week, what happened, obviously at Blackburn, you pick up a fantastic result. Yes, we only had a, you know, a two-day turnaround, but so did Sheffield United. You know, they came off a brilliant 1-0 win at, against Borough. They they come out flying out the box. We we come out you know just half asleep and it's like like I say it was it was just mistakes all round and you would you would have thought that you know yes Sheffield United they're a fantastic team it, you know if we would have got anything out of it it would have been a brilliant result but you would have hoped for a bit more of a fight than you know forty seconds <laughs> and from from there that 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 was the writing on the wall you know but it's. It it like like I say it just comes down to effort and desire at the end of the day. None of the Reading players came out looking like they wanted to wanted to fight for it. And even after the first goal, you know, even after then, there was there was nothing really to shout about in the entirety of the first half. No, like, nothing at all. Did, did nothing. I think I think they had two or three shots in the entirety of the first half. Which again, yes, you're playing a top team, but you know you've got to you've got to put up some sort of fight. You know, it's it was just flat, completely mm. and utterly flat from the start. I mean, when you've got Liam Moore, the captain, coming out after the match, apologising for the performance, which I think in the context of the situation, if you look at the position of the two teams, I think maybe yeah. a little bit too Not, much. Mm-hmm. That, that's my feeling on that one. I think, I, understand that's, that. I think that's a part of the the issue, though, is that we all saw it as a bit of a free hit at the start, and we thought, well... If they get a point, that's nice. But if you you know you take the whole record of the season away from home, the players are going to go into this thinking we have got slim to nil chance of getting anything out of this. So that flatness is there from the, from the off, isn't it? And then when you can see the goal within less than a minute, they, it's almost effectively like a three nil uh, at that point because they well, why try harder? We're not going to do this. We're not going to you know, get a point at least, that they're so mentally fragile away from home that it, it just, it, it breeds that flatness, doesn't it? We were never really going to get anything more than than nil-nil, probably. I think it's more than just being mentally fragile away from home, though, as well, because it's also when, when we go behind, like, I mean, there's, like, there's quite an amazing stat. The last time we came from, from behind to win a game, and you don't come from behind to win a game often, but the last time we did that was against Rotherham in 2017. Uh, I think it was April 2017, which you know it, that's that just shows how almost mentally weak this team is. 
the fact that you know they they go they go down behind they're not coming back you know they might come back and get a point but but even that's few and far between like that when they go down it, they they just lose all their energy all their desire and it's it's really not good really when you're in our situation it's no not not what you need especially when you've got play or teams like rotherham who just you know they're not a brilliant team but they 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 grind results out and they were obviously quite unlucky the other day to to concede very late on which almost i've never celebrated sheffield wednesday goal more that's for certain <laughs> like, like i think all reading fans enjoyed that last year 10 minutes into injury time against rod yeah. i mean that has got to be a sick now hasn't it but amazing, I'm slightly off topic, how Fernando Forresteri gets sent off for um, yeah. uh, high-fiving. He but... barely even high-fived him either. I know. I think he stuck amazing. his hand out like... And... <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. No, it's, uh, but we should come on to that second goal. The... Yet another one, like I said, on the Periscope yesterday. It's another one for the RFC comedy conceding goals. It just it will be an absolutely huge DVD now from the last couple of years because... Martinez gives the pass to, uh, playing in the style that we do, passes it out to Liam Kelly. And he gets rolled over like a, a five-year-old child being bullied by their parents. It just completely and utterly overwhelms him. It just nowhere near him. He then lies on the floor for about five seconds without getting up, just crawling around like a spider on the floor. Doesn't do anything about it. And then Liam Moore tries to clear the ball and he goes straight back to a Sheffield United player and he scores it. He can't really miss Medin from that close, but it's just woeful. It is absolutely woeful the way that we play. And now everyone will be saying, oh, we should not play this style of football. Nobody was saying that we had four matches unbeaten before and it is the worry. But that goal, I mean, you can't say it's funny. It's so bad. If you don't just cry. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. It's either a laugh or cry, isn't it? And I, mean, Red and I, I don't want to um I don't want to phrase Kelly too much for a, a woeful situation, but I don't think Martinez should have been passing the ball to him. Because if the if if the player is that close to Kelly by the time Kelly receives it, then it, it's not really a, a, a ball that's, that's there to 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 be successfully well, I mean, what's Kelly gonna do with that ball if he receives it? The man is going to be on him anyway. So, okay, Kelly muffs it up, but Martinez should have recognised that he was basically marked. So I know it's the the style, and we are going to get caught out now and again with this kind of stuff. And when we've got a more settled team, you know where players are going to be, and they know which positions to move into to receive these things. But I I really don't think that ball was on for for Kelly to, to receive properly in the first place. I sometimes wonder if it's down to communication, though, because somebody surely should have made a call to Kelly. Yeah, to, absolutely. To, 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 because then he could have at least tried to have got, you know, got to the ball first instead of standing there like a, yeah. like a stand. I, I didn't think Kelly yeah. was even looking to receive that ball because there was a defender between Martinez and mm. him. Albeit, you know, the angle was there for Martinez to pass the ball through him, but he probably thought he's not going to try that. Surely he's going to put his foot on it. I'm trying, you know, ping it out to either Miazgar or more. Mm-hmm. But he didn't do that. So I don't think really Kelly had much time to do much about it. Okay, he was weak and he kind of fell over limply and then crawled around. But yeah, I've got a bit of sympathy for him, to be honest. 
Um, um, maybe, but I think there's too many excuses made for Liam Kelly in the last 18 months. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. In general. I think if a player wants to yeah. get to that ball, they can do something, even if it involves fouling mm. the Sheffield United player. You just need to put up more of a fight, which, yeah. you, you know, you can't just, you know, be, be pushed over by someone's little finger just because he's on your back, which... which well, that's, can... that's what he does, though, isn't it, Kelly? He, if he feels anything uh, behind him, he, he will go down. Mm. It's, it's, it's the one thing that frustrates me about him because, like, obviously we were all singing the praises of him in the first season in Stan, but then since then, it's almost since he got his new contract, once he got his new four-year contract or so, since then he, oh, he picked it up a little bit towards the end of last season. But even that was clutching at straws, really, for him. But it's it's like ever, ever since that, that moment. And it, it happened a lot, actually, with a lot of players last season when they, when they were given out contracts left, right and centre. All their performances started to go downhill, which which I I think is quite an interesting thing to look at, especially when you look at likes of Swift, who got given five year deals. Their performances go down. Kelly gets a big deal, goes down. Like it's again, it, it questions the mentality of the players, which I think is the main main problem with all of them really at the moment. I mean, you know, you might you, you know some people say, oh, you know, they do care, they do give all their all, but. We're yet to see this, and it's the one thing that really frustrates me. That's for sure. Yeah, I mean, we obviously considered the third and fourth goal. I mean, I think we could all go through the third and fourth goals, but I mean, I think it's just torturous. So I think we kind of um, uh, admit that we were dreadful. Sheffield United are really, they're quite good, but as we talked about before we started recording this, they didn't even play their two highest scorers. No McGoldrick, no Billy Sharp. You think, wow, we are so poor. So poor. I mean, the, the, the positions have transformed so much. I remember when we used to go to Sheffield United and we wouldn't always win, but we'd always be a tight battle. And in the season... It's them in the first minute. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes, Matt, I remember that. Yes. Yeah, that was dial, wasn't it? After about 18 seconds or so. Yeah, in the Premier League. yeah, yeah that was... Yeah, that... It's totally switched around, basically, mm. hasn't it? They're the team that's going forward. They've got the momentum. They've got the spirit... Um, it's hard to say that we haven't got any spirit because at home we've picked up seven points from our last uh, possible nine. So that's not an abysmal run at all. And I know that we didn't play well against Blackburn, but we did manage to win the game. And that is all that matters eventually. I mean, even the players were tweeting afterwards saying that we didn't play well. But that battling spirit is going to be a major, major factor when we play against Rotherham next week uh, because Rotherham are not going to roll over at all. Uh, they don't have... Uh, Quality-wise, I think we're definitely better, but spirit-wise, um, I'd say Rotherham are better. Uh, you got to look at that. The thing is with Rotherham, they haven't won a game away all season, which... They're, don't like, don't I think say it's... that, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> it's just waiting, isn't it? It? <laughs> it, worries, it worries me personally because it would just be the Reading thing Oh, so just totally. like but 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 I mean I like they'll 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 come and sit for a draw. I can't see them coming out and hoping for a win. Like they might try, they'll take it if it comes, but they're not gonna come out playing for a win, that's for sure. Like I think it was one of the key things that I think Reading we needed to try and do coming into that game is get, you know, a two or three point cushion over them because that will force them to play. But as we're level on points, they're they're just gonna I, well, I, I think anyway, they're just going to come in and sit in and if they get a goal, then 
God help us. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. If they go ahead, wow, that is going to be, ugh, yeah, the atmosphere will not be good at all. And you'll be able to see it and notice it in the players. But let's look at the first, the next three matches we've got. Anyway, we've got Rotherham, obviously at home. We've got Ipswich away and we've got Wigan at home. How many points, Neil, do you think that we'll pick up from those three matches? And they are people. <sighs> Yeah, I'd like to say six, um, yeah. but it's we could easily just get three out of of that. Um, we could draw draw them all probably, but again, it's, it's away from home that's my worry that we don't get the momentum of getting our, you know a run of winning at home, winning away, drawing. You know, it, it's we're we're not in that mode yet. And I think we do have to beat Rotherham, obviously. But if, if what Matt says is true, where they're going to sit, that might help us because the midfield that we've got is going to be looking very fragile. So we can push further forward and take the game to them a bit more. Whether that pans out that way, we don't know yet. But um, you'd, you'd like to think we'd get something from, from Ipswich because they're pretty dire. But even yesterday, they scored a goal late and they're still in, in game. So... Um, you can argue that they've got better spirit than us. What was that, man? They've done that a couple of times, score late at Switch. Mm. Yeah, I think they've actually... Oh, it's very minimal. I think they've slightly improved, and they're not so easy to be at home. I know mm. they lose a lot of games, but they're still... They're not getting thumped by no, teams. But they're, they're, like, they're, not, they're not winning, but they're, 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 they're drawing... They're starting to draw games, which I guess was an improvement of what... It's happening for them. It's minimal. It's yeah. minimal for Ipswich, isn't it? Yeah. Really? I mean, almost if if we if we don't manage to get a win against Rotherham at home, the Ipswich game it almost becomes a must win away, mm. which to pin that on us, um, almost it's away record. Task. Yeah, yeah exactly. away record is abysmal. Yeah, mm. absolutely atrocious. I and mean, also, if we do beat Rotherham, as I tweeted yesterday, we have not got consecutive wins. We haven't managed it for sixty matches now. Wow. So that is a scary stat because people thinking that we're going to go to beat Rotherham, then get a win against Ipswich. History is not showing that that is likely at all. Yeah. Um, and then obviously we got Wigan. Wigan is a game that kind of is fitting a little bit into the Blackburn, Bristol City, Forest kind of we can win that match but how do you think we're doing that one Matt? Wigan again are another team that are incredibly poor away from home mm. like, I mean they've you know they had a very good start to the season they've got some they've got a pretty good home record but away from home again they're I think they've they've only won about one or two away from home all season which which again like and like, it's it's the one thing I worry about about the next three games because I, I do I don't think it can be understated how big these next three games are, especially when you look at our running as well, because our running, especially our last six games at the moment looks incredibly, incredibly tough. Like, and I, you know, I know, I know, I think most, most people would take, you know, five or six points, maybe think that's a good return, which would leave us on, you know, 35, 36 points. But then, that would still leave us needing, you know, at least eight or nine points later down the road, which I personally can't see us getting, which like, I, like I, I'd like to have the optimism, but I think unless we get seven, seven points out of the next three games, we're going to find it incredibly difficult. I think because like, I, I look at, I look at these three games and obviously two of them are at home, which 
is massive for us given how bad we are away from home yeah but then you look further down the line and I know you can't look too far ahead in in football and in especially relegation fights but I look at the running you know we've still got to play Leeds Borough away West Brom at home you know it's there's there's a lot of Norwich away as well you know we you know we've, we've still got to play most of the top six and teams that are in around the top six Bristol City away Birmingham on the last day it's I'd, I'd like to be upbeat about it <laughs> like, but no you've got to be realistic though haven't you yeah, it's we, like, we, like Liam Moore said after the match against Blackburn he said we don't want to go into that scenario when it's on the last day again and I'm I'm sorry Liam but I think that's going to be the case I really do if if we're not relegated which hopefully we won't be by that point but I think it's highly likely because we just don't put a run of wins together and if you don't put at least two wins together you're never going to move away from it are you it's just not likely. Um, so let's just concentrate on that Rotherham match next week. We got the two teams, Rotherham 23rd best away record, and we've got the 22nd best home record. It's going to be an absolute festival of football, isn't it? You just know that it's going to, people will be going to coming along expecting to see El Clasico, aren't you? It's going to be high levels of skill. It's going to be no long throw-ins from Rotherham. There's going to be no defensive mistakes from us. We all know, I mean, my fear is that we're going to get absolute stage fright because of the magnitude of the match. And yeah, it does not define our season if we lose against Rodham. We still have a chance of staying up because mathematically there's plenty of points left. But wow, that would be a devastating blow. I think I, I think a loss against Rotherham, that... You know, you 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 could almost you could almost take it against Wigan because they're above us. You know, they they've got a little bit of breathing room between them and us. But I think Rotherham, there it's almost between us and them. You know, you could maybe pull Ipswich in. Um, no, not Ipswich. Um, Millwall into the yes. Millwall are still hovering, through. aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, they're 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 hovering. Yes, they've got a game in hand, but they're you know they're hovering around. They've not been on good form of late. You know, but realistically at the moment it's between us and them so I think that is you, you know you can't you cannot lose you cannot lose that game and even even drawing really because we're at home like I say they've got an abysmal away record by any standards <laughs> like, you know um but if 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 they lose then Wow, it's, it's not even worth thinking about. I would say it's our biggest match at the Madoski Stadium since the playoff semi-final against Fulham. Mm. It's got that kind of feeling about the impact. Obviously, with that one, you just went straight into the final, which we all know how that went because that's how it works if you support Reading. But it's a uh, if we lose that, it's going to be devastating. I personally think we're going to win mm. uh, because just I think we've got a little bit extra quality than them. And I know people are saying you're contradicting it because you have the five. People watching the match when we played them away, and we really should have won that game again. And yet again, another late goal that has completely screwed us. It's kind of, what do you think is going to happen in the game now? Um, I'd like to think that we're going to, you know, inject some energy from the off, really. It's, it's pretty much what we have to do and take the game to them. We can't, you know, try and manufacture a goal through cleverness and just make sure the skillful side of our game takes over. We've got to force the pace on this. We can't just take it easy. Um, 
So you'd like to think that they're going to play with a lot of energy, high tempo, try and force Rotherham into mistakes. And as Matt says, if their away record is as bad, then clearly they do make plenty of mistakes. So we got to take it to them 100% and make sure that our mental side of the game uh, is, is, is on point, really. We, we can't afford any slip-ups through them getting a counter and... You know, getting some freaky, weird kind of defensive fuck up that we're totally careful of. Um, yeah, we, we we just have to go out and, and really win this one because it, it's mentally bad for them if they lose. It's mentally good for us if we win. We we just have to you know feed whatever energy we did have from the Blackburn game. Yeah, even if we do win, which I obviously I hope we do, we cannot rest on that which is what we keep on seeing. We cannot go then ding to Ipswich and somehow manage to lose. Because it's not inconceivable that we could go to uh, Ipswich and lose at all. Uh, we just got to start this game, all those three games, we've got to start them in the complete opposite, which we've done in our last two matches. Because against Blackburn, we slow- started incredibly slowly and got away with it because Blackburn didn't have that cutting edge at all. But if we start fast, I think we can be okay because even when we played them uh, early in the season, Bulldog got an early goal and Josh Sims set him up. That is a blast from the past, isn't it? There's a player. <laughs> He's kind of, yeah, that seems like a lifetime ago that he was yeah. here. But I don't know. I mean, just, I, I think we're going to win. I'm going to be optimistic and say that we're going to win 3 1. That's how I just feel that, that we're going to get something. But if, also, if Oliveira gets injured at any point, our season is in severe danger. We have to keep him fit somehow, put him in some kind of cotton wool because our other striker options of Bodvarsson and Mate, I would not be confident they'd be managed to manage to keep us up. What do you think, Matt? Well, I think I think the same can be said about Renamotta as well, because I mean with Renamotta in the midfield, we can at least go to places and try and grind out, you know, draws and stuff. But I think, yeah, Oliviera, it's I think I think you've said it on the podcast before. You know he is going to be so key to our to our survival. You know with his with his. Well, it's not just his goals. It's his it's his all round play. I mean, and you saw it in bits yesterday as well because yeah. some some of his some of his link up play. I mean, he had nothing to go on. I mean, he was coming quite deep at times, but I mean his his passing, his 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 pressing, even when he drops drops a shoulder on the black on 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 the back line, like it's it it it, it none of the other attackers we've seen that from and we haven't really seen it from a Reading attacker for quite some time really you know and but I think with him and especially Rinomotta in the midfield you know I think those we, we need to pray for Rinomotta to come back as soon as possible and then like you say just keep those two as fit as possible you know no risks with them you know wrap, wrap them up in whatever it needs to be to keep them fit really because they they will be key. They'll be massive, I think. Yeah, I mean, I I would bring Swift back into the team. It looks like Kelly's going to be out injured anyway, probably. Um, Ijari is probably going to be out. We've also got Sono Aluko looking likely to leave the club. Um, that's a random one, isn't it? Going a strange one, especially with how he's yeah. come under under um Gomez. It you know it seemed it's kind of seemed to be like it kind of almost turned turned a page really. You know it mm. it, it started to. Almost turn. I mean, yes, he, he he's not being you know stand out, but I mean he's been a lot improved on what what he has been with his with 
again with his link-up play going forwards and it's like it's just a bolt out of the blue really i mean hopefully we'll get a lot of money as it's china but you never know like <laughs> yeah but quite nice wouldn't it because mm-hmm. you know of course it's the same club that our owners own in uh, china so um i will make no possible comments there that could lead to any issues there <laughs> it would be quite nice if we got quite a lot of money from them though so i don't know yeah sonio luca i think he's a player that it definitely improves, and I'm I'm a bit disappointed he's going, which is, I don't think I would have said that at any point until the last couple of months. So that is a bit of a worry because, I mean, I'd probably have him in midfield ahead of Liam Kelly at the moment every single time. But, I don't know, This is these things are happening, aren't they? So, people are saying about possible change of formation next week against Rotherham, but I'm not sure. I mean, how could we change it? We don't really, it's the midfield is the issue. And by playing two strikers, is that going to strengthen our midfield? Uh, I don't think so, because obviously it just leaves us more bare in that kind of cupboard, doesn't it? So what do you think? Would you keep the same tactics? And what midfield would you play with Ajaria being out now? Who would you bring in? Um, well, I think I don't think Gomez has any other style of, of play uh, or formation that he really likes to to tweak as a plan B. So I think we're stuck with what we got. Yeah, uh, I'd be interested to see if he has got something else up his sleeve when clearly the personnel aren't there to fulfil those roles. Um, as for who could possibly fit that, I really don't know. Usually I've got some idea of what could happen and where. Um, but Baker doesn't look like he belongs anywhere near a defensive midfield role. He's, he needs to be much further forward. Swift can play that defensive role, but only as a playmaker, not as an enforcer of any shape or description. So that's not going to happen. Um, Gomez seemed to allude that Renamoto is not going to be ready for next Saturday, but you hope that's just mind games. Um, but I don't think we've got any kind of history to go on that Gomez is a, is a mind games kind of manager. So not sure about that. Um, yeah, it, it's impossible to, to work out what a midfield three could be there, really. Um, it was quite interesting in the second half against Sheffield, uh, Sheffield United yesterday. He tried to change it up at half time and almost went 4 4 2, but it almost made us look worse, almost. Which, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it did. Yeah. I did think uh, that when on the radio, on, you, know, you can't expect the three-man midfield to be, you know, or a two-man midfield to be better than a three-man midfield when you've been absolutely mullered in the first half. Yeah, but, no, you know, you, your, your wingers, our wingers, aren't going to come back and sit to make a traditional four-four-two. They're already programmed to go further forward and, and link up with Oliveira. So. It's it's I can't see how that was ever going to work, and I can't see how it's going to work next next week. Um, yeah, I think we we could all guess different formations and on different different types of midfield that we could play, but what we'll end up with, I'm not sure any of us could predict with any certainty at all. I think the only thing you might try and do is go go back to a three or go to a three at the back or something. Or yeah, at the back, yeah. which. Which he could then maybe play two up top. He could play almost a three three five two. Yeah, I think that's the only option, isn't it? Yeah, that, really? yeah. yeah. But then he could play Richards and the other. Yeah, but the problem is he's still got that. He's still got the same issue. Yeah. I mean, are we going to say that? I mean, which striker do you play up there with him? Do you play Mate or do you play Bodvarsson? 
personally, I'd go for Bodvarsson, but it's a real, yeah, which one do you go for? There's no obvious answer. Mm-hmm. And I think that Nelson works better as a lone striker. I think the yeah. ideas of him linking up with a player, I don't think he's really done that at any teams. It's not really his style. Mm-hmm. I think he, he, he'd work better with a number 10 floating around.